do you really think all this is an accident? You think we crashed on this place by coincidence? Especially this place? We were brought here for a purpose, for a reason, all of us. Each one of us was brought here for a reason. Brought here. And who brought us here, John? The island. push the button you do it yourself if it's not real then what are you doing here jack why did you come back why do you find it so hard to believe why do you find it so easy it's never been easy it's a leap of faith jack two players two sides one is light one is dark i see you in another life brother we have to go back We're going to need to watch that again. Hello and welcome to The Storm, a Lost Rewatch podcast. My name is Dave Gonzalez, and if Saeed and Echo were allowed to keep fighting each other, who wins? I'm on Team Saeed. My name is Joanna Robinson, and if Saeed and Echo were to continue to fight each other, I am also on Team Saeed because he's got that grief strength going for him. So, like, no holds barred from Saeed. Uh and I'm Neil Miller, and uh, guys, I feel like the answer is obvious here. The audience wins, because it's just... I mean, eventually one of two things happens. Either it's the most brutal fight Lost has ever done, which is gnarly, or they end up just, like, sweaty with their shirts off, just, like, lightly punching each other and being tired, which... I don't know, I feel like that's a win for everybody both ways. Well, because they're also already, like, two sleeveless dudes. They, they, yeah. they don't do sleeves. So, uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. We're already winning. Thank you for that correct answer. <laughs> uh, we're back talking about Lost in this new year, 2020. We are up to season two, episode eight, Collision. If this is your first uh, episode of the podcast, not a great one to start with. Not a great episode of Lost. Uh, maybe go to one of the other episodes. But if, hey, you're joining us for the first time, how we do this, we split this podcast into two sections. One we call The Calm, which will only involve information up through a season two, episode eight of the ABC series Lost. The storm section, the second part of this podcast, is where we uh, talk about things that might involve knowledge about the rest of the show, because the show went on to have six seasons and lots of different twists and turns and an ending that was quite controversial. Uh, we like to check in on that every once in a while. If this is your first time at all with us, or maybe this is your, you're new, you're just a season two losty, or maybe we netted you in with some Star Wars talk. And now you're rewatching this television show with us. Welcome. If you would like to support what we do here, you can go to patreon.com slash storm of spoilers. Not only will you be supporting us and this podcast as we charge forth through Lost, but you will get bonus content for your subscription dollar. For the low, low price of $1, you get access to our Slack as well as some other postable goodies. Uh, and then there are other levels with more bonus content. They include an extra bonus podcast. You can uh, watch movies uh, with us. Uh, uh, we all sync up in the Slack. We're going to watch Cool Runnings this month on my call, which is awesome. Patreon.com slash Storm Spoilers. Yep, yep. Feel the rhyme. Um, guys... 
Uh, that's how you could support us monetarily, but there's other ways to get in contact with us. You don't need to actually pay for this absolutely free podcast. You get in contact with us by email at our website, on Twitter, by leaving us a review. Joanna, do we have any reviews uh, this week? We do. We have a few reviews. We have a couple international reviews. I'm not going to read them this week because I'm still getting over a cold and I've had a really bad cough and I don't, I just, I cannot, my instrument is not up to the challenge <laughs> of someone asking me to do Charlie's accent. So, uh, that is a treat for the future. And we're going to read some, uh, some American reviews this week, but I promise, I promise in the future, I will tackle those. Um, all right. So we've got a five star and a four star. I'm going to read both. Um, but, and the four star person is probably going to be happy this week. Uh, okay. So five star from Eagle Bomb. Uh, hey, yeah. I bet that's Elliot. I know. I bet it is. Hi, Elliot. Uh, first rate podcast. Uh, whether you're looking for a podcast that discusses one of the greatest TV shows of all time, or you just like hearing people tell Dave Gonzalez that he's wrong about things, this is the podcast for you. Just kidding. Well, I definitely think that's Elliot now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just kidding. I love Dave and his co-hosts. Keep up the great work on both Lost and Star Wars and all the other stuff you guys are so smart and entertaining about and enjoyable to hear discuss. So thank you, Elliot, who is Dave's actual in real life friend that we both met. We all met in Colorado. So. Um, thank you for that. And then this review is from someone we don't know, I believe. Odd some 25, four stars. A salty is the name of the, uh, of the review. Loss is my favorite series. So I was ecstatic that we'd be diving into the show post Game of Thrones. I really love how in depth they get into each episode and thoroughly enjoy the storm sections filled with unique thoughts and ideas about the meaning of certain events and character choices. I hold back in giving it five stars though, mostly because of the constant railing against Jack by Joanna. Understand that we have a need to progress as a society in regards to feminine equality in film and TV, but her unabashed disdain for Jack from her unflinching feminist perspective just severely irks me. I get that we all bring our own unique perspectives to how we interpret these stories, but I wish Jack didn't have to bear the brunt of Joanna's passion. So um, I'm not sure I agree with like everything in re-unflinching feminist perspective, but um, – what I do know is that while I was watching this episode, I, even before I read this review, I genuinely had this thought watching this episode, which was like, have I been too hard on Jack? Uh, because the, <laughs> the thought, honestly, I did, because the thought experiment of the tailies versus, uh, the fronties, the mid, the middies, um, is that, you know, okay, so we are, the, the group that we know is what if a group were under the leadership of Jack and then the tailies is what if a group were under the leadership of Ana Lucia? It's not entirely fair to Ana Lucia because they were more, uh, substantially attacked by the others. So it's not, it's not a one to one. It's not a good, there's no like constant in this particular experiment. But that being said, I'm like, you know, Jack didn't do a ter- I feel like Jack wouldn't have reacted melted down the way that Ana Lucia did when she was pinned against the wall here. So um I will be saying some nice things about Jack this week. Um not about his golf game though. No, because I mean what are you gonna do? Kate got her arms out, so you know <laughs> yeah. game over, buddy. Anyway. There's a lot of arms out in this yeah, episode it's and it's uh, gonna be a huge topic of conversation. Kate Austin, queen of arms <laughs> out. Love it. Love to see it. Anyway. Sun's out, guns out. So thank you for the reviews. Please do leave us reviews. Um, I hear you, Assaulty. Uh, I'm not sure that I will. It's not like I'm going to be sunshine and roses about Jack from here on out because, and I don't think I'm alone on this podcast and having critiques about. Yeah. Jack, uh, kind of sucks a lot of the time. 
Yeah, I, this happens a lot on this podcast, I think, where we all we often agree on a subject, but uh, people only seem to hear me talking about it. That's okay. Um, but yeah, anyway, I, I promise to be more considered in my critique of Jack going forward, but I will do not promise to stop critiquing Jack. I promise to talk later about how this episode dunks on Jack. Excellent. Uh, if you want to, if you want to leave us a review, we would be happy to have them. You can also email us host at stormpodcast.com. Love your emails. Uh, love to hear them. Uh, you can also go to our website, stormpodcast.com. You will have noticed this episode came out a day late. That's because I'm in LA traveling. So we had to record a little late. Uh, but that was reflected on our calendar on our website. So if you go to stormpodcast.com, you can see stuff like that, or you can follow us on Twitter at stormpodcast. And that is my section over to Neil. All right, let's uh, let's get into the calm here. Let's talk about this week's episode. Uh, it is what's the title again, Dave? Collision. Collision. Season two, episode eight. Uh, this episode was direct directed by friend of the pod Stephen Williams. It was written by other friend of the pod Javier Grillo Grillo Marswatch. Gre- One of these times, I'm gonna get. Gre- <laughs> I think it's Grillo. Grillo Marswatch. Yeah. One of these times I'll get it on the first try. Uh, Javi wrote it with Leonard Dick. It aired on November 23rd, 2005, right before Thanksgiving, I would assume. Uh, it takes place on day 48 on the island. In flashbacks, we meet Ana Lucia, who's a cop who is recently part of an officer-involved shooting, as in she got shot, and has done four months of therapy. Uh, she's recently returned to patrolling the streets, despite the protests of her mom, who is also her captain, a.k.a. her boss. It is immediately clear that she probably shouldn't be back on the job so soon, as she almost shoots a guy holding a television set. Also, elsewhere, she murders a guy. But we'll come back. <laughs> on the island, we return to the moment. The show has been dancing around for what feels like months at this point. Uh, the aftermath of Ana Lucia shooting Shannon. Uh, it doesn't go well, leaving Saeed tied up and everyone else stranded under the thumb of an increasingly terrifying and panicking Ana Lucia. Also, it should be noted that Ana Lucia still has the gun. On the beach, Jack and Kate do some flirt golfing, but are interrupted when Mr. Echo emerges from the jungle with an almost dead Sawyer. Kate spends the rest of the episode basically dealing with Sawyer, uh, as Jack goes off to find his old friend Ana Lucia. Along the way, John... And Mr. Echo do some spiritual guy bonding, which is always interesting. Uh, back on the outskirts of camp, Ana Lucia's people eventually just abandon her, and she's left alone to have a dark as shit conversation with Saeed about how they're alone and dead inside, and it's, it's extremely dark. It all ends with Bernard and Rose, Jin and Son, reunions, Michael Giacchino. Even Jack and Anna Lucia get a look here. Is this week's fun fact? Uh, this is the only episode in the series that has a special guest star, which in this case was Maggie Grace, reprising her role as Dead Shannon. Uh, but the guest star does not have any lines. Which, uh, for obvious reasons. This week's column question, uh, there is a blooper in this episode in which you can see Maggie Grace's uh, torso appears to be breathing. Uh, obviously long after Shannon's supposed to be uh, dead. How long would you be able to lay absolutely still to play a dead person on television? Let's start with Joanna. In a jungle of mystery? 
with yeah. like potential creepy crawlies. Ooh, I didn't even think of Ooh, that. Uh, like uh, 20 seconds. I would not give <laughs> me long at all. At all. I was thinking ambitiously a minute. I don't know. Dave, what, what about you? I think I could do a minute. If I could really like get into a zone, like uh, I, I, I did some like uh, meditation therapy once and one of the things was she was like you could uh, you know put yourself in a meditative trance and kind of like taught me how to try to do it and i was never able to like achieve it but i could get real relaxed if you give me a little bit of warm-up time i might be able to go 90 seconds yeah i mean i'm i'm not exactly brad pitt from ad astra but i feel like <laughs> i could get a good 60 seconds of not moving I don't know. The jungle thing, I did not consider. And that probably brings it down significantly. Plus, with like yeah. scritchy, scratchy jungle plants, sticks, sure. po- pokey sticks. When like m- moisture probably gets thrown oh. at you from when Saeed and everybody's like walking around you. It's, it's tough. It's, yeah. I don't begrudge Maggie Grace. I'm just saying, if I could get into a semi meditative state, who knows what I could do? <laughs> Maybe like in a glass box, my odds shoot up to at least 30 seconds, but put me on the jungle floor. <laughs> like a, like oh, a snow white glass yeah. box. Yeah. Well, like if I was going to play myself dead at my own funeral in the coffin, I could probably go forever. Like, I just fall asleep. Well, coffin's great because they, like, well, I guess you do see your, I was going to say, like, the part, the lid partially covers your torso, so you don't have to worry about that, like, breathing. Because are we talking about breathing? My understanding is the savvy productions put them on a slant and then have a fake body actually in the coffin. So you're, like, laying at a slant. Right, with uh, your head and stuff up, and then the coffin body can do whatever. That's, like, similar to how they do the sawing your legs in half magician's trick. Wow, guys. Oh, oh, but yours is giving away magic, and mine is giving away film. Boo, Joanna. <laughs> you broke the magician's coat. I guess I won't be back invited back to the castle. I've oh. never been to the castle. All right, let's talk about this episode, which is uh, a not a very good episode of Lost, as you already. So I've been yeah, trying well, to understand why it's not a good episode by like listening to you know the official Lost podcast, um, and they had a, a special episode back when this aired that you could watch along uh, with uh, Javier Grio, Marswash, and uh, Leonard Dick, I believe, mm-hmm. and it. It's all very interesting, but it's all kind of telling in that they're very excited about having done the other 48 days previously. And they're excited about the Tailies meeting up with the fuselage people. And they're excited about what Kate does, which is the next episode. And they're excited about Locke and Echo doing stuff later on in the season. But nobody's really excited about this episode. This episode kind of just has to exist. And I think Javier Griomarswaj calls it like their dog day afternoon episode, which is a trope in sort of television and seasons where you have to draw it out for 20 some episodes where it's like you have a hostage situation sort of episode and you wouldn't think you'd have it here on the island but here we are with this weird hostage situation slash flashback that's sort of a hat on a hat in terms of Anna Lucia grief because last week having not watched Collision and having just watched up to the other 48 days I had forgotten uh, this episode was sort of lackluster and you guys clued me into it because last week I was we were sort of in Anna, not totally in Ana Lucia's corner, but we understand it, understood 
her plight a little bit more, having seen those other 48 days condensed, and she feels like she's hunted, and her life is just living in the jungle now, and maybe she's, like, you know, given up on any sort of, like, normalcy. That feeds in a lot more, and I don't need the cop backstory, because that just muddles things all of a sudden for me. Like, it was totally understandable that she was in a fearful state and shot into the jungle, it's less understandable that she has a habitual problem of pulling a gun on people and straight up murdered a guy. <laughs> yeah, I think a couple things we talked about, like how our conversations have aged, you know, to go back to that review I read about Jack, like how our ideas about certain character types or whatever have aged uh, since Lost first came out. And I think that for someone like Ana Lucia, I think a lot of audiences now, I, I would like to think a lot of audiences now could be in her corner without needing like a story about how she got shot when she was pregnant and oh my god they messed her up or whatever i mean like sorry i don't mean to minimize that i just felt like i feel like the pregnancy thing is just like feels like a little bit of a cheap ploy uh at a time when well it feels like they're like tripling down right on like how uh on how sort of uh I guess anxious Ana Lucia is as a person. Right. But like, um, as you say, it's way too hard of a pivot. Like we talked about this last week, whereas like they pivoted too hard to Ana Lucia. They do that. They like, they like double it up by pivoting too hard on her, like grief story, which is just, it's, it's wild. I I completely agree. And I, I think that, um, I think that watching everything she went through in last week's episode as Dave says, is enough to get me in her corner. Like it's mm-hmm. just harrowing what they all went through. It's enough to get me in her corner. And there's a lot that I like about this episode in terms of like her feeling like she's crossed a line. She can't go to this new camp. All of her followers or friends, whatever you want to call them are abandoning her. And she's like, cool. I'll just go into X. Ex- like, she's just like, she's doubling down in a way that I think is really interesting. I just think the flashback honestly doesn't, do her a lot of favors. Um, and, and another thing that's aged, uh, very much so since this came out is our conversations around police and cops and, and, uh, you know, police violence and stuff like that. And so, yeah, not, not her the- partner, her partner feels the most fictional as a cop. Right. Especially <laughs> as played by Michael Cudlitz, I have to say, but like, but like, I, I just feel like, um, it, you know, not that, you know, the conversation around police brutality has changed, not the facts of police brutality necessarily. So this idea of like a cop taking justice into her own hands um, and shooting a guy is, uh, it's challenging to watch. Yeah. It's always well, challenging I mean, it was, watch, it was 2005. Yeah. So we were still in a very sort of pro military pro first responder haze right, right, right. as a country. Right. And so you see some of that get into Lost every once in a while. I mean, you you see it more sort of on the other side uh, when they sort of play with, you know, uh, Saeed being from Iraq and everybody thinking he's a terrorist. But, um, which they do a little bit of in this episode, but luckily it's just darkness instead between Saeed and Ana Lucia. She's not, like, talking to him about him being a terrorist or something. She's they're just sad together which is good i could see how all the pieces of this episode came together conceptually and i don't know maybe 
like a lot of the flashback, it just, it adheres more to the logic of Lost than it adheres to any sort of real world logic. Like, oh, the captain's her mother. Like, here's another bad parent, like, thrown into the thing. Or, like, the. Who gives her her way? Can we talk about the mother for a second? Can we talk about, okay, (laughs) what's less believable? That Jack gets to work under his dad at the hospital, or that Ana Lucia gets to work under her mom on the police force? I think it's the police one. I think it is the police one, but it's still... There's, like, laws and shit. (laughs) I feel like there should be laws against the doctor thing, too, but it, it all just seems like... that's the moment uh rewatching this episode every time i'm just like uh her mother would never be her captain what the hell (laughs) it's Um, like lost is just like everybody's got daddy issues because their dad is their boss and in ana lucia's case her dad is just her mom (laughs) yeah and then like ana lucia asks for a transfer and i'm like yes she should have a transfer. She should not be working she under her never mother. Have and her mom's like, there. no, you don't get that. Instead, I'll put you in the, I'll give you the, your way. It's crazy. And then her don't mom. Don't forget your gun. Bye. And then her mom ruins her cake surprise. Why? Why did she do that? She's like, by the way, they got you a cake. Mom. It's a surprise. <laughs> and then lets her, lets her get away with letting the guy off. Like her, her mom, like, it's your daughter, right? Uh, I, I don't know. I haven't seen... Uh, what I've seen of Anna Lucy has been very small, but presumably she was raised by this person. Like, wouldn't you think it's at least possible that your daughter, who's been four months out of being shot by somebody, might be a little off in that, like, manner? It's bad, definitely bad policing and possibly, like, bad parenting. Yeah, it feels like just a lot of... Yada, it's like he yada, confessed, yada. we have his fingerprints. Yeah, well, it's not him. Well, you got shot, so maybe your right. trauma brain at least yeah. is like, to give you the benefit of the doubt, your trauma brain could be doing something to, you know, call you out for what you're actually doing because you have that Michelle Rodriguez scowl on. You're obviously going to kill him in a back alley. Ugh. I just don't think, like, I don't think I needed this to be an Ana Lucia episode. Though I guess it has to be since, like, the person going through the main emotional crisis on the island is Ana Lucia. But, like, I just... After- or, hey, it could have been a Shannon episode. It should have been a Shannon episode. Uh, or I'm, like, maybe a Bernard and Rose episode? <laughs> I don't know. Or a Libby episode? Who knows? But, well, um, what's tough yeah. about Ana Lucia is... And, and really, this is probably something that they dealt with with all of the tailies as we sort of are about to to dive into their backstories where they need to, it almost seems like they're trying to get Ana Lucia to the same place emotionally that we are with Jack at the end of this episode so that they can have this moment. But it's like that it require, we've had several episodes of Jack backstory to, to, to really like methodically go through what, why Jack is the way he is. And I feel like they really do try to cram it all in with Ana Lucia and a lot of the stuff feels like like yada 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 ing it. It's like, oh well, Ana Lucia, she's you know she's got a dark past. She's itchy trigger finger. Why? Because she got shot. And then they just like they just keep keep yada yada yadaing themselves into a weirder hole. That and, she should yeah. say something here when she suits him. Oh, how about she said she was pregnant? Oh yeah, because right. then it's like much more believable she would murder a guy. <laughs> right. It's that, like yeah. and it's and it's like all the stuff they would have done over like three or four episodes with one of our fourteen other main characters, but it's just feels like 
trying to do it, trying to do this much this quickly with one character, I can kind of see how people didn't respond to Ana Lucia back in the day. I think that, um, yes, I agree with that. Um, that being said, the ending stuff, it shouldn't work for me, but it really does in this episode. <laughs> well, then like, they, then, yeah, then they do the lost thing. Right. The Cause they, like Mick, Mr. Echo is like, oh, I'm not even talking about the beach reunion. That stuff really works for me. And, uh, I, and there are logic reasons why it shouldn't. <laughs> like, why is, Jin, why is Sun doing laundry when she already found out that Jin is alive? I don't know. But, um, <laughs> she seems very chill about the she's whole just thing. like, oh, oh, Jin's alive. I thought he was dead. That's interesting. I, I, I mean, when you got a laundry, you got a lot. Maybe she was getting her clothes ready for his return. I don't know. But, um, but, um, what the Jack in on Lucia stuff works for me once again, even though it shouldn't, like, Mr. Echo's like, yeah, Anna, Lu- like, drops her name. Anna Lucia made a mistake or whatever. And Jack's like, what did you say? I definitely remember that chick I met at that bar for two seconds. Like, it's silly that he remembers who Annalisa is, and that's fine. But what I I do love that destiny shit. I love that whole, like, Jack's like, oh, shit, another one? There was that stadium guy, and now this chick? Like, oh, I'm (laughs) tied to a tree in a jungle of destiny. This is amazing. Yeah, She's another thing that the show throws at Jack to be like, hey, man of science, take this. Right. But what's cool is that they throw it at Ana Lucia, too, right? Because she's like in this, in this, like, complete moment of back to the corner, giving up, blah, blah, blah. And then she sees Jack and everything, the picture shifts for her. And that's I I find it really powerful, even though so much leading up to it is incredibly messy. So, yeah, they really stick the landing. Well, and that's the <laughs> that's the thing about any episode of Lost, even the ones that are not great uh, or not the best ones. They all do something that's very lost, and so they all still sort of feel like a piece together. You know, which I'm sure we'll talk about in the storm. It's like. There's still stuff you can't, it's harder to do in this show without the tailies. So it's good that they're there. It's just, it's a little rough as they try to integrate them into the main yeah. camp. And I don't think it's a spoiler to say that, like, this is not the last time we'll see new characters introduced on Lost. And I think they learned a lot of lessons from this. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, we'll talk in the storm a bit about another character that they introduce uh or I, my intention is that we talk in the storm about another character they introduce and how they kind of learn from some of their Lucia mistakes i think uh but yeah i think i think the Lucia stuff is not handled as well as it might have been and that's a shame because you know as we've seen from her like meteoric rise michelle rodriguez is a great you know a great thing to have uh on your team you know and so mm-hmm. Uh, it's too bad that it, that it wasn't handled super well. Uh, I'm curious what you guys think. I think I asked this question last week, but I'm curious what you guys think of the further information we get about our other tailies, which are Libby and Echo and Bernard in this episode. Like, what do you, what do you make of what the episode does with them? Uh, I mean, I'm happy to see that Bernard finally gets back with Rose. Uh, I think it's, you know, given the momentous shrift that it needs, but mm, no, I still like Libby. I said Libby was my other, my pick for the other Taylor group, uh, as like most interesting. And, uh, I 
still think it is because when she's parting for Mona Lucia, she was like, definitely with you on the Nathan hole. But ever since then, you've been kind of crazy. I'm like, all right, sweet. Someone thought that and actually said it out loud. So I'm with that. I'm not, I mean, Echo is great and a presence and I'm glad that he, you know, finally talks and gets Jack, you know, uh, thinking in the right way and says the magic words, uh, on Lucia to sort of calm everything down. But Echo's wordlessness frustrates me as somebody who on television dislikes the trope of like somebody who has the pieces and just refuses to give them up to be fit together. And that's sort oh, of what... we don't appreciate his withholding information. If he no, just would have you know, for the like, right reason, he knows what yeah. John wants to go do. And he knows what Jack yes. definitely wants to go do. Absolutely. And also Michael comes in and doesn't say any names either, where he could have just as easily said on Lucia, but somebody needed to actually give information when they showed up at the hatch uh and it's like at, <laughs> and they couldn't say brother or whatever he needed, Jack right. needed another trigger <laughs> yeah or like give it like some sort of name or description thing but no everything needs to be heightened up and the stuff with the hatch is all like oh we got to go back we got to get the guns like everything's you know on the edge and then we cut to the other thing and they're just they're just all sitting around and it's a series of scenes about sitting which is fine there's a lot of dramatic stuff happening but it feels kind of inert compared to the panic uh, that's happening down Hatchway. This episode has, I think, some tonal issues just in terms of how we're supposed to accept the story unfolding. Like we start in this high tension place because that's where we left off two episodes ago uh, with uh, them coming across Shannon and shooting her. But then we have to like cut away and spend some time with the... Jack and Kate golf. And I like, I love Jack and Kate golf, but also it feels weird in this episode. Uh, it feels weird at this point in lost where thus far the second season has been pretty straight with its momentum. And even when they were stopping uh, Shannon Saeed, when they kind of stopped to have their date, I remember thinking like, Oh, finally, like somebody's able to get back to business. This feels a little bit like, uh, you know, season one kind of like hanging on the beach uh, but then everything got like turned up to 11 and it feels weird to downshift to hanging on the beach this drastically. Um, I wonder if the experience of folks watching it for the first time is different. Cause I was trying to, this is another, like, like that whole, it felt different. It feels weird to me too. This, this whole idea that they're going to cut to, I mean, obviously it's nice to see Hurley and Charlie again. Um, and it's nice to have like a release valve for all that tension, um, but it is weird that it's like Kate and Jack flirt golfing for a good couple of minutes. Um, but I wonder if that only increases the tension because as you know, you, you don't necessarily know at that point how Anna Lucia's group is going to make it back to the camp. So you imagine like the worst possible thing is coming to interrupt this golf game. Um, and I actually think that the, what ends up happening is, you know, obviously it's, less dramatic for echo to just show up but uh then there to be some kind of like conflict um but i think it's i wonder i just i'm curious if anybody has uh, had a different uh experience or if that read to you differently email us email right and maybe and maybe in the writer's room 
what they thought they needed was to like make a balanced equation and be like, okay, sure. there's this heavy shit going on over here. So let's have like a light and fun, like, uh, you know, Kate and Jack flirting. Yeah. Blah, where the blah. audience, the audience is having a nice time, but they still know that something bad is probably going to well, about to happen. They're also running out of time to do this storyline. Cause you like want Kate and Jack to like have a moment of spark before Sawyer gets Absolutely. back in the picture again. Yeah. You need to, the, you need to Jack be like, ah, damn it. Whenever I Before get this she's close, reminded. Ugh, Sawyer's back. <laughs> oh, and he's oh, he's tragically wounded. No, right in the shower. It only takes a few minutes of shivering to bring Kate right back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, and that stuff's good. I mean, like especially if you're watching for the first, like, our our folks watching for the first time. Even if you're watching like and you've never seen the show before, like you're probably pretty sure Sawyer's not going to die because like. We talk about him a lot, and he's the main character on this show. Um, so you're probably pretty sure he's not going to die. Had we that, we just straight up told you that Shannon was going to die when she yeah. was in peril. Yeah. So well, who, not, you trust us? Not in peril. She had been shot like point blank in the chest. And we were like, that's a fatal wound. It's okay. Well, to yeah. Know that. And then was held unconsciously. So correct. Yeah. Sawyer has just been bleeding for several days. Yeah. But I mean, like, I, I think the tensions out of it about like whether or not he's going to make it, even if you're watching it the first time right now, maybe if you've been living in a vacuum and you haven't looked at any of the lost promo photos, which all feature Josh Holloway. But, you know, if you're watching, trying to put in the mindset of someone watching the first time, maybe actually worried that they could kill Sawyer. Um, and you know, the stuff with Kate is really good. Like, I, you know, this is, this is good. Kate, Kate being like, I can do it. And Jack being like, Jack being torn between like trying to be a good doctor, which he definitely is trying to be in this episode and being like, oh, damn it. The reason you could do it is you guys have that special, a killed a guy connection, even though Jack doesn't know that's <laughs> no. why they have a special connection. Anyway, so, um, you know, it's, 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 it's well, there's- interesting to try to like, try to think of the show. As a first time, first time, first time watcher, an innocent watcher back in the days before we like, you know, knew how many seasons someone had signed on for or whatever and just be like, could Sawyer actually die this week or something, you know? Well, and, and to this point, they've only, I mean, both deaths, Shannon and Boone are fairly good surprises. Like if you really didn't know they were coming, they're, they're pretty good. I like how uh, Team Hatch has learned to, like, work together as a unit, finally. Like, it, it took them a season. But in terms of operating, you know, this uh, this episode, Jack only has to yell at Kate to actually go once. Uh, Locke actually does just go push the button when he's told. Uh, Jack and Michael don't run off uh, with the guns. They get, they get real close. But unlike previous times they've encountered Yelly Jack, they don't let him run off under the jungle by himself. And instead, uh, we get, you know, a more peaceful solution. So ways forward, uh, down in button pushing land, uh, while it's falling apart for Rafties and Tailies. I think, uh, we're going to talk more about the Saeed and Analusia stuff, I think, in the storm. I think it's worth talking about it there. But I, I just want to say, like, here that I do really, I do really like it. I like it. I really a, love Naveen Andrews. Yeah. I like, I like a couple things where he's like, he could be, he could have just been like out of control, but that's not Saeed, right? Saeed's like, mm-hmm. I am a panther and you, you've tied me up, but I'm still incredibly dangerous. But look at these arms. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still incre- uh. <laughs> incredibly dangerous. And also 
I'm already working out your psychological profile. You know what I mean? Partially because I'm really good at my job, but also because I recognize some of myself in you, you know, and all of that I think is great television where he's like, you know, she's scared or like whatever. She doesn't have a move or like whatever it is. All she has is her guilt and a gun. Yeah. I mean, it's great. It's great stuff. Good TV. So he also great crier, great on-screen crier. I think at some point we'll have to start like a power ranking of the on-screen criers on lost Mm. naveen andrews is up there this is a good one yeah yeah when's a good time to oh i guess that's a storm topic uh when do we start the cry (laughs) ranking uh in earnest uh for for lost uh we're we're all talking over the most important inclusion in this episode which as we talked about before the podcast is the song outside by stained off the 2001 (laughs) album break the cycle uh yeah if we were still doing the most early aughts thing about this episode it would definitely be the inclusion of stained um, you know you're in, you know you're in a bar in the mid 2000s if Outside by Stained <laughs> is on the jukebox and there's I guess a non digital jukebox. The other thing that I really love um, in this episode, like so, there's a lot to love. I just want to say, like even though there's a lot that I don't like, um, you know, I, I don't think I need to wait to the storm to say that I just really love this first meeting between Mister Echo and Locke. Mm-hmm. Um, this sort of like. Uh, spooky guy recognized spooky guy uh thing that they have going hello on. yes hello yeah <laughs> it's just like good it's just how is good. that how is that adequate don't you see why i'm frustrated anyway yes i think it's i think like they just immediately but, are vibing in a way that right really like. it's like echo doesn't say anything but lock gets it man yeah he gets and it. locks like it's like lock is like starstruck um Maybe it's the arms. I don't know. But he's just like, he's like, what's happening? What's going on? I'm losing my mind. And Jack has to be the one to be like, lock the button, dude. Like, come on. We have one job right now. It's the button. Remember? You're yeah, the one who wanted to push wanna, it. We don't want to get blown up in this jungle of mystery or whatever's going to happen if you don't press that button. Right. Button, button pressing. I feel like crossword doing. The moment that they meet, there is, there's a reference in here where Locke is filling out uh, the crossword puzzle and he's filling out 42 down. Uh, and the answer is Gilgamesh. And if you'll remember, which I'm sure we all do, the epic of Gilgamesh I do. is, uh, is about, uh, fundamental ambiguity over the issue of coincidence versus divine destiny, which I think is a theme of Lost. Um, but I honestly, the whole meeting between Locke and Mr. Echo is our jungle of mystery moment this week. I think because it's... there's so much mystery in between the lines of what's going on there. Can I um, tell you something really uh, lame about me? Um, sure. I love crossword puzzles. Uh, and okay. I do them That's not lot. actually lame. Um, I once watched a documentary about people who love to do crossword puzzles. So I watched that lame? documentary at Sundance and had Will Shorts uh, sign something for me. He's the only person I've ever asked for an autograph from ever. 
All right, um, now we are sort of getting is to the lame barrier. So what I think is funny is that um, outside an author, I should say, I've been to like book signings, but like in terms of like approaching someone in the wild and asking for their autograph, I asked for Will Short's autograph. Um, so Will Short, who's the editor of the New York Times Crossword Puzzle, if you guys don't know, um, what I think is funny is that so Gilgamesh is the answer, right? To forty two down, mm-hmm. according to you. Um, What's funny is that a common question in uh, crosswords is who's uh, Gilgamesh's like pal? Because uh, the answer is Enkidu. It's E N K I D U, and it's a common question because that's a fun word with like three vowels and fun places, and and uh, crossword puzzles love that. Like the the Thin Man movies. What's the name of the dog? The dog's name is Asta, and that's a common question because Asta is just like an easy thing to fi- fit in. So I just think it's funny that they went with Gilgamesh, which is not an easy thing to fit in, instead of Enkidu, <laughs> which actually is a common crossword puzzle answer. So that is your. Crossword Puzzle Corner uh, segment of this episode. I think it'll be the first and the last. Uh, but there you go. Is there Are there more crossword? I feel like uh, we might get at least one more crossword puzzle. I lost. mean, if this joke is that deep, which I did not realize that it's basically the reversal of a common... Thing. I don't know that it's I don't know that it's a joke. I mean, it might just be a coincidence. You know? It's kind of funny, though. <laughs> anyway. It, it might be. We'll see if it happens again. Um... Question. Uh, does, mm-hmm. does, how, how, uh, you know what I need to do? I need to rewatch the Bernard and Rose and Son and Jin scene without Jakino's score because it's powerful in and of itself, but then that, Jik- that goddamn Jakino oh, yeah. music. It's like a, it's like <laughs> 60% score. Yeah. There and like 40% the performances, which are fine. Because I should be all more lovely people. I should be more annoyed by the fact that Sun was like doing her laundry and not tearing off into the jungle looking for Jin, and I should be more annoyed that like everyone's like, "Yay, Jin!" and not like, "Oh fuck, I guess this means the raft is like sunk or anything like that." Because it's the first time a lot of those people are fi- finding this information yeah. out, right? Uh, where's uh, Walt? Yeah, where's Walt? Well, at least someone asks where's where's Walt. Um. But, oh yeah, and Saeed freaks out. Yeah, well he should. I mean, because he saw, and then doesn't say that he saw Walt, which I guess makes sense given all the context. But where's Walt? Weird. Is he by any chance wet and speaking backwards and in here. the jungle? No <laughs> shit. Shannon was right. I should have believed her. Um, anyway, um, yeah. So, uh, but the Chikino music just overwhelms me, and I get really emotional. So, beach reunions, yeah. they do it. They do it for me. Although I did want to mention, as part of the Giacchino corner this week, that his ability to make pun titles really seems to have slacked here in season two. Like, this one is just called The Gathering. I mean, I just... I need more. They used to be funnier, buddy. (laughs) Hey, 2005 Michael Giacchino, what were you doing? Sleeping? Yeah, now you're just doing your job? Boo! Just giving them normal names? There is a woman on the left-hand side of the screen, which is beachside when Jin is coming back, uh, that is, like, so excited to see Jin and runs up to him, but has obviously been told to, like, not be part of the main group of people. So it has, like, this weird smiling hovering thing with her arms out. 
that is something you'd notice if you didn't have the score on. That's true. I was like, what are you doing? It's That's not a, a striped shirt girl, is it? Or rugby shirt girl? No, I don't think so. That's like a, think it's a, that's a very like Sims moment, right? Where you're just sort of yeah, like yeah. Sim, simming it up in the corner, smiling and happy, but not actually like doing anything. I am happy the member of my party is here. <laughs> Everybody celebrate. The party is back together. That guy I've never spoken to is back. The man who catches the fish is back. <laughs> right. His hair gets so long. He's only been gone for like three days. Remember when we all hated him for most of uh, season one? Okay. I'm really yeah, excited to see him now. he still has the handcuff on, right? Oh, yeah, that's Poor Daniel Day Kim. Every time I see that handcuff, I'm like, that must be chafing so badly. All right. Who fell down this week? Oh, uh, Saeed fell into a deep, dark hole. This, this is, this <laughs> is what I'm It was like emotional with. falling? Well, he does we're, get knocked over dead. at okay. the beginning by right. Mr. Echo. And then he just keeps falling spiritually until he's all the way at the bottom. All right. And then we've got the, uh, the Leslie Arson Memorial Ironic Statement Award. Goes to Jack. Golf is a game of accuracy, <laughs> says Jack, who is bad at golf. Um, I do like Kate's attitude um, throughout this whole golf ser- scenario. It's a, it's that attitude you could have when you just know you're better. Yeah. She looks at Jack, and Jack's like, golf's a game of accuracy. She looks at him, and she's like, you're, you don't know who you're fucking with. Exactly. Like, she's just like, I'm better than all of you, and I'm really confident and fine about that. And, it's also yeah. a really good read on Jack because Jack showing like an overwhelming sense of confidence in anything is usually a bad sign for Jack. So it's just like Kate reads him like, oh, he's full of shit. <laughs> That's great. Good job, Kate, with your arms. With the arms. It's time for the official podcast check-in. They uh, were doing an official ABC Lost podcast that had Carlton Cuse and David Lindelof on it. As these episodes were airing, uh, I like to pick out a little bit of some quotes just so you know what like the audience was thinking and talking about at the time this aired. Here we go. This first one has to do with uh, season two's more argy or alternate reality game elements. Carlton Cuse says, certainly in terms of the hatch and doing the whole orientation film, that was driven by a lot of fan reaction that we weren't giving the audience enough about the hatch. This would be in season one. Continue quote. So we decided that the first three episodes of the show would really download a significant amount of information about the hatch. That was how we concocted the idea of doing the orientation film. As opposed to having a character spout a bunch of exposition, we thought this film would be a far better vehicle for getting a lot of information that, uh, for getting a lot, uh, out, for getting out a lot of information that does have a lot of information. Great phrasing. And the Hanzo Foundation is something else that you guys should pay attention to. And Damon Lindelof says you should check out, by the way. You should check that out, by the way. They have a website, thehanzofoundation.org, which is available now on the Wayback Machine if you guys want to internet around. Second quote. Uh, where do we want to do it? Uh, oh, they just bring out that Dr. Marvin Candle from the orientation film has a fake hand. And Damon Lindelof says, we also found a glass eye in the aero station. People just lose body parts easily on the island. And Carlton <laughs> Cuse says exactly. Okay. Yeah. All right, Sawyer. So, you know, be be worried about <laughs> losing yeah, your we gotta, kidney. Yeah, we got to cut off his arm because it's gangrene. I do. That happens, right? 
I do sort of forget sometimes that that Lost really was at sort of the forefront of these what we call Dave said ARG the alternate or what is what is it, alternate reality game yeah that, that is uh sort of just feels like normal marketing at this point but back then it was like especially before like that Warner Brothers did it for the Dark Knight uh where they did a bunch of the ARG stuff where it was like you had to go to a website and x amount of people had to unlock a thing it's not quite Game of Thrones making us sit there and watch ice melt but um but Lost really uh, tried, and I think the only thing holding Lost back from being, you know, this, like, it, like they had a lot of really interesting marketing ideas. I think they were just limited by how the internet was still sort of in its earlier, how especially social media was in its early phases at that point. So I, I feel like if Lost had come around, like, four or five years later, it would it would have somehow been bigger. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, also, these ARG things and tie-ins would have been 100% canon, where I don't want to give the impression, because they mentioned it on the official podcast, that everything that happened on that website happened in the series, because I don't think that ended up being true. But it was like a fun little marketing tool that people would uh, claw through for clues. But I think you're right, Neil, that they weren't they they thought they had a cool idea, but they weren't uh, ready for either the, the amount of scrutiny to be put under or the amount of interactivity that people would like demand from it. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of people like looked at the website and they were like, "Oh, cool, a fake website for this thing that doesn't tell me about the show." Great, and like moved on. Where if it happened now in like 2019, like something might. You know, we're we're living in a world where the Emperor's message from Star Wars was only in Fortnite, so who's to say what Lost <laughs> would do with that ecosystem? Is that true? How did I miss it, that? It is true, oh because it's God. not important. Which may be, you know, a good reason to put it in Fortnite. I don't know. We were also uh, live watching a movie with our Slack bays when that was happening, and I had to duck into Fortnite to... uh See the message. Sorry, guys. Mm. Uh, I can multitask. I can watch a movie and play Fortnite or watch J.J. Abrams in Fortnite. This is dumb. Why are we talking about this? <laughs> uh, all right, guys. We are going to get into the storm right after this. Now is the time on uh, the podcast when we like to thank our small council patrons as a... Uh, Dave mentioned they will have the opportunity to watch Cool Runnings with us this, week, this month, which is really fun. Uh, but also another perk of the job is that they get to have their names read out on air. So here we go. Thank you to Jesse Baird, Fainting Violet, Becca Heiser, Andrea Rodriguez Garcia, Lindsay Mitchell, um, ooh, Ernissi, uh, Josh Kaluza, Lex Gernan, Ryan James, Emma Maltz, Violaine, Kelly Donahue, Abby Ademchek, Michael Weir, Melissa Shippey, Michael Mora, Lewis Walker, Adam Barnum, Sean Patrick Marks, Claudia Davis, and Chip Mims. Thank you guys so much. And I would like to thank the following fine humans. Annette Monari, Anne Hedgesick, Julia Mahoney, Brian Ohm, Martha Petrasheski, Will Wallace, Vic, Kenny Malone, Cecilia Nilsson, Hannah, Will Neville, Tone Kristen Langanay, I think that's how you do it. Michael Caswell, James Barta, Zim, Kat Stromberger-Perez, Tatiana V, 
Lori Carmichael Howell, David McGillivray, and Caroline of the North. Thank you all very much. And I have some to add as well. Thank you to Priscilla Walton, Jenna Paul, Amy, Jackie Palowski, David Matheson, Kaylee Hicks, David Adams, David Moran, AJ Cabbage, Del Martinez, Liz Beisline, Rochelle Rawlings, Chelsea Doyle, Mark Larson, Devin, Michelle Cahill, Ben Grieving, Christopher Vanjonic, Gabriel Colorado, and Matt Terrell. Thank you all so much for being part of the Small Council. You make this possible. We're back to talk about the storm. Instead of, uh, I'm going to apologize here. You guys have watched Further Ahead in the Lost Rewatch. I try to stay back uh, along with uh, the podcast. Both ways are perfectly valid, but this is the first time where I felt I felt compelled to ask. I know you guys know. Do we ever come back to this Santa Lucia pregnancy thing? Because it's been wiped from my mind. Ooh, good question. Not as far as I can recall, no. Yeah, I don't think so. So it's really weird. It's, it's really not... tacked on. Yeah. Oh, that doesn't make me feel any better. I thought this was going to make me feel better. Do we ever meet Danny, her ex? No, we never meet Danny, who's never cast. So it's all just sort of... We do she... see uh, her partner again. Mm-hmm. Um, big mike big mike comes back uh but yeah that's actually and that's actually one of the later cameos that i like a lot for some reason uh is <laughs> my cutlets i don't know why um no i i don't like it here in this episode and i just don't like it in general but what i do like i did want to talk about the analysia sai conversation of like maybe i'm already dead right um mm-hmm. And then also, um, say talking about like maybe, you know, to, maybe you're both meant to kill me, kill me. Yeah. Like karmic sort of whatever. It's all very like karmic. Maybe we're dead sort of talk, which I think is, um, you know, interesting. And it would be, fa- I don't know that they'll ever tell us, but it'd be fascinating to know, you know, what their thoughts were on the notion of karma and purgatory and all of that stuff that we talk about. I mean, they'll tell us something, but I don't know if they'll ever tell us the truth about where their heads were at on this, at this point. You know what I mean? Like whether it could have gone either way about the, the characters being in purgatory or I mean, I don't think they ever planned to do. They were all dead. I know. I know. I believe them. I believe all the parties involved when they say they never planned to do it actively. But I wonder if they like flirted with it. And it's stuff well, like this that like, are they lampshading it? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. So yeah, I mean, it, it does feel like, and I bet that there's more of this to come where we, it'll feel like they're poking at it, you know, where they're like, but maybe, you know, like, cause they knew that was, <clears throat> you know, that's like the original lost theory, You're the most popular one. Um, so I wonder how much of it was just like a, on a meta level of them being like, well, let's, you know, we like these themes, you know, for these characters, but let's, you know, we'll, we'll needle it a little bit just yeah, to sort of def- give people, throw people off the scent. 
they're definitely listening at this point if like the podcast quote is correct and they're like oh we'll front load a whole bunch about the hatch in season two so because we heard you we want you know you you guys thought we slow burned the hatch mystery in like the nine episodes of season one so they're obviously paying attention to some sort of back and forth at this point but i it, it really does feel like I think the karma thing is a lot closer to what the island is, but I think throwing in that already deadline is just like, let's make Saeed go really dark. And then somebody probably during production was like, they're going to think that, you know, they're all dead on the island. And someone was like, yeah, let them think that those crazy people They're they're going to be so obsessed with the button. They're not even going to worry about it. That's what I would assume. They're going to be so worried about Sawyer dying, real stakes, (laughs) bleeding out. Yeah, Sawyer is another one of those where it's like, I don't know if I ever thought Sawyer was going to die. <laughs> like, through this whole thing. Even in the first watch. Yeah, I mean, there's some there's something about, uh, like, the way that they... If, if he were going to die, knowing the language of television like we do, even in the mid-2000s, we would have spent, like, a little bit more time on him this episode... Because so far it's been like two episodes since the stakes of Sawyer uh, being unconscious have really been present, and for us even longer because we took a Star yeah, Wars break. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's hard. I I think it's hard for us to have a clear-eyed view of that because of our long hiatus. You know what I mean? When you were like, feels like if we've been dealing with the aftermath <laughs> of Shane's death for months. I'm like, yeah. Well, that well. that was literally a joke about yeah, yeah, our yeah, hiatus. Yeah. I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, it's interesting how much Anna Lucia, in my mind, knowing how the character kind of fails to go anywhere past this point, uh, sort of like just lives by the gun, dies by the gun, and doesn't have like a huge consequence. Uh, am I forgetting some sort of huge Anna Lucia moment? Um, no, I don't think there's like huge, I think it's like a slow, what's sad is that it's like a slow, well, no, there's the stuff with Ben. Um, was that the character introduction you were wanting to talk about? No, it was actually Juliet, but like there's the Ah. stuff, there's the stuff with Ben, um, where like Saeed doesn't believe Ben and then he's like tells on Alicia and he's like there's this guy and I don't believe him and Alicia's like I know how to interrogate people and Saeed's like I know how to interrogate people and they sort of like (laughs) band together um bad boy squad yeah and so there's that and then there's also like Alicia being used as like this foil to make Kate jealous um which is stupid uh they do it again with Juliet and um and then she didn't like but she's like kind of being like softened and warmed up blah blah, blah and then she dies right so i consider the whole analysia arc a failure to be honest with you because like the i and i think they know it and i think it's similar to boone i mean whatever we can go back and forth about why analysia ended up being uh written off the show but to me it's max of boom which is like we really fucked up on this character so let's just <laughs> we cast her way too early and we didn't have an idea what to do with her then we knew she had to become a puzzle piece 
in this very compelling story that we had and we messed up forming that puzzle piece. Yeah. Because the episode really does need to go here. There's some of the stuff in this episode that needs to happen. It's just, I don't know if it needed to be its own episode and the flashback seems weird. Uh, yeah. Eh. Well, I was hoping this was going to be talk Dave into liking the episode more storm section, but it's not working out that way. I mean, I like, I like next week's episode, so it's not going to be like a whole bummer fest forever. Um, though I do know, I do know that at the time, like the fandom didn't like Kate episodes and maybe Kate episodes eventually get not great, but I really like next week's episode. Um, but Ana Lucia, it's, it's a bummer. The Juliet thing, I feel like the most, you know, the, like you, I, I love Juliet. Not everyone does, I think, but I love Juliet and I really love the way that she's introduced, which is similar to Analysia. She's put in an antagonist role. Um, mm-hmm. but we're sort of like, we get her, where we get her flashback and the content of her flashback is so much more compelling than what they did here. And just, yeah, like it's, it's a very similar, like a Juliet really feels like an Analysia re, retry. Where they like, she's antagonistic. She, you know, is an enemy and then she's a friend and then she's like another, um, side of the like Kate Jack Sawyer thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's her whole thing. And so they just like, they just did it better. And part of it, unfortunately, is I think they made her like a little softer, which sucks to say, but I also think just story wise, they calibrated it better. The whole, way they rolled it out you know yeah Yeah. you can definitely tell that they were more patient with juliet because we we actually i feel like don't get a ton about juliet for the first several episodes that she's around right right it's like it's a bunch of episodes before we start to really learn her backstory whereas like we talked about uh last week too like the ana lucia thing it feels like they just jump right in head first well, it's not right in because like she's the, she's a mysterious antagonist well, for a I, couple episodes, yeah. right? At the beginning of the season, they have once we hostage. once we start to, I guess it's just like they get they just found themselves in a little like I think what I think was happening is like the character's not working and they're like, oh, don't worry, we'll just like we'll pause, we'll go deep, and we'll make it work, and then they just didn't, and like there's so much they get right that I don't want to like I I, I don't want to hammer them too hard when they get stuff wrong, but this is just something that they yeah. One piece of trivia we didn't talk about is apparently this was uh, promoted as a Charlie episode. It's called Old Habits, apparently was the lie title, and it was going to be about Charlie doing drugs. Is that a better episode? No, because Charlie doing (laughs) drug episodes are bad episodes. Is a Charlie drug episode? I know. I was like, no matter what, let me tell you, uh, making it a Charlie episode would not have been the right answer. So, yeah. So maybe they just set the bar accurately by promoing as a Charlie episode. It's actually the same number of episodes. Uh, Juliet's back. uh, You know, we meet Juliet in uh, season three, episode one. Her backstory episode is episode seven. You know, so it's a similar Mm -hmm. rollout. It's just it's just done better and it's not because you know the actors are better it's just i think they learn you know i like elizabeth mitchell a lot i like michelle rodriguez a lot i just think that they learned from some mistakes and that's good i mean that's a good thing to do it's just sort of like okay you know yeah i mean i think even in the grander scale the way they introduce the rush of characters when we start to meet the others 
or, you know, the people at the other's camp, um, is a lot better than what we get here with the Tailies. The Tailies, it, it always felt a little, I don't know. Well, it's a, I think it's a good idea rushed. to be like, let's, ooh, let's add more characters to the mix. Like, why sure. not? Right? Like, they have can't to do this have several same... times over the course of six seasons. Yeah. But like, and, and, uh, tail section. I think that's a good idea. Just, uh, yeah. Just, and then like, unfortunately, because of, uh, the actor played Mr. Echo wanting to leave the show because they decided to kill Libby at the same time as Anna Lucia. Then you just get Bernard. And then it just feels like the whole Tilly feel- thing feels like a waste of time because mm-hmm. so much of it pans out to be nothing in the end, you know? Um, no, no offense to Bernard. Um, <laughs> meanwhile, I think Shouts ro- to Bernard. Well, meanwhile, I think the rollout of like Ben and Richard mm-hmm. and Juliet like all feels great. And Tom. And, like, yeah. You know, and it's just sort of like it's parceled out. I mean, ben, and Ben's interesting because Ben, you know, I can't wait for us to get there because I honestly, I think I've said this before in a storm section. I don't think lost is lost until Ben Linus shows up. That's my metric of lost. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I'm really excited that we're going to get that this season, but, um, we know, uh, from interviews and stuff like that, that, you know, this wasn't their intention for Ben Linus, that he was just going to be Henry Gale actually, or something like that. You know, like he was supposed to be just a couple episodes. And so like, cause Michael Emerson was so great that they kept him around, but that doesn't matter. It's still a great character introduction and it's still a great rollout. So anyways, you know, this the reason I keep hammering this is like, yeah, this is a fault. It's a bad episode, but what it led to was them figuring out what better to do. I similarly, and, and maybe I should have talked about this in the calm. I mean, your mileage may vary, but I think, um, you know, if you look at this and then you look at Watchmen and you think about Linda Loft trying to tell a story about police violence and vigilante <laughs> justice and how much that has evolved since this, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's, that's great to see. I, you know, I think, that I, not everyone agrees, but I think that exploration in Watchmen is profoundly considered and interesting. And, and this just feels like a really unconsidered version of it, you know? It feels like the simplest answer to what Ana Lucia is going to, like in that time period. Like, oh yeah, make her like a cop who had, you know, an officer involved shooting situation, because then, you know, at least back, back then when you heard officer involved shooting, you wondered, uh, who was being shot. And that is like a mystery tension thing you could hold. But yeah, let's, it's like the mom being the, the, uh, uh, captain. It's just like all, it's all things where you could see where it's good ideas. And it's just, it, they, they don't pan out. They needed time to ferment or squeeze. Okay. Okay. So what if? the other 48 days had to end with Ana Lucia facing Jack because that's where the parallel is like so direct. Would you guys have been mad at like another 10 minutes of like the other 48 days with Saeed tied to a tree? No, I think that would have been great, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we could have a Charlie do a drugs episode or something. <laughs> and now there's a cop here, and she and fucking knows that Charlie is doing drugs again. <laughs> yeah, she knows what drugs. Look Charlie's like. worst nightmare is another person who can tell that he's doing drugs. <laughs> <laughs> now there's a cop here, and the cop likes Mr. Echo. And Mr. Echo is different from the, the Bizarro Jack's a cop. Cop doctor versus mystics. 
I mean, I do that. think I also, in like yeah. in like a bizarro world where Anna Lucia accidentally accidentally shoots Jack. I mean, that's kind of fun. <laughs> Instead of <laughs> Shannon, <laughs> I also like the what if of it all. Like because once again, as I said, um, it's not a one to one scenario. But I'm like a society led by a doc. Uh, you know, what, it, this is a thinker, right? Is Jack is a thinker in theory, right? Mm-hmm. Versus led by a warrior. I mean, that's, that's an interesting thing. You know, that's a, that's a very like, you know, we talk about survivor and sort of stuff, but like, that's a very like, if, if, if you're doing a show about societies, the societies we build, survival situations, blah, blah, blah. It's like, what, what kind of mind or personality type makes a good leader? And that's why I think the Ana Lucia versus Jack thing is so compelling. It's just, you can't quite, it's not quite fair to compare them, but I just think it's, mm-hmm. it's a potentially so compelling. And then it doesn't work out, but they do that, you know, then, you know, we get more of the like Jack versus John or, or John versus Ben or like, you know, those types of leadership questions, which are interesting to me. Yeah. Versus Hurley. The answer is Hurley. <laughs> uh, and that's a good the answer. The answer all along is Hurley. Do you want to do uh, a, a lock check in here? I don't know. A lock villain check in? Uh, we can, and just that I'm curious what he would have done with the situation if, uh, Echo had taken him and not Jack as Locke requested. Like, could you just take me? Definitely wouldn't have brought a gun, but... I feel like it would have worked, because, like, what works for Jack is that, like, shared recognition thing, but mm-hmm. John is good at that stuff. Don't you think he would have, like, you know... He would have talked through it. He would have put his hand out and he'd been like, listen, I understand. Here's my personal handkerchief. If you need to cry about it, um, I am, I, he also, they also would have been on time. Like they would have been there before Ana Lucia and Saeed, uh, made up. (laughs) (laughs) Because by the time Jack gets there, all, all the fun's over. But he's yeah, still, but it's still de-escal- I still think that Jack kind of, he de-escalates the situation, you know, because of. By not bringing that a gun. Rec- well, that recognition. Yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. Um, I think that you can see a little bit, and this is not in my mind sort of villain behavior on John's part. This is, this is just John Locke being John Locke, but you know, he really, his fascination with echo his like immediate and obvious fascination with mr echo um is is sort of an identifying arrival sort of thing because we've watched john sort of work people out over the course of this show like he's very good at reading people and then as joanna just explained like knowing sort of what what to say to either de-escalate or manipulate the situation um and it's interesting that that they stop and they have this moment with Mr. Echo, which it's just, it's, it's, it's a lovely piece of acting where they do a lot with silence. Not, and, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I didn't mean to step on you. Yeah. And that's, and yeah, that's, that's the most that we get from John in this episode, I think. Yeah. Is, and not, yeah. Yeah. Not to be like a creep about it, but I feel like John is really good with women. <laughs> Cause I was thinking, I was like, does John always deescalate? And I'm like, no, with like Ben and Jack, he's like often escalating. I was like, but with women, he's got this weird, like ch- charming, you know, dad, grandpa, but 
hotter. I'm just going to sit here and eat this piece of fruit with this gigantic knife and tell you how it is. <laughs> I love when he does Are that. Are you trying to say that he's got big daddy energy? John Locke? I feel weird about saying that, but I, I just feel like uh, there's so many moments of John. Can't you just see how he would smile at her? Like it would have worked. I, I know. Well, it. and it's and it's because the the way they position John is, you know, for a lot of characters, he's you know he's like the sage, or he's sort of a paternal character. Whereas like with Jack and Sawyer and literally every woman on the island, it, it, everybody's in a love triangle. <laughs> Like everybody is a potential love triangle for these guys, so uh, I don't know. Yeah, maybe there's just something uh, calming about John's presence, non-threatening, even though mm. he is very dangerous. Yes, with his knives and shit. He's just been going soft, pushing a button for a couple of days. Yeah, I mean he's That's doing okay. a crossword puzzle. This is like the softest lock we've gotten so far. He gets to share his hatch dreams next week. It's going to be fun. Next week? Uh, if not next week, then soon. Hatch. Dreams. Hatch. 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 hatch, hatch. hatch. <laughs> it's back. The hatch is back. No, next we made week, it. Next week is Kate's Mystery Horse, which is, uh, you know, uh, an example of the show, I think, not quite figuring out what is allowed to appear on the island yet. Because Kate's Ooh, horse is in a bucket with, like, Yemi and, like, a couple of things where they're like, ooh. <laughs> Question mark. <laughs> I don't know. Where did that eye come stuff. from? We'll I don't know. We put, we put a horse there so you could see it too. So, um, anyway, uh, yeah, what Kate did, and right next week, um, and um, then we get more of Kate's mom, who I love, uh, who calls her Catherine. So, yeah, that is true. Next week is what Kate did. It's a Kate episode. Until then, where can people find more of our work? Around the internet, let's start with Neil Miller. Uh, well, you know, you can always get me over at thefilmschoolrejects.com, where we just did our 2020 preview, which means that there's at least five lists that have more than 30 titles on them of stuff you should watch in 2020 <laughs> to get your mind off of the post-apocalypse that we're about to experience. Anyway, you can also follow me on Twitter, at Rejects, and don't forget to follow the show at Storm Podcast. Uh, where uh, I'm told we're going to be tweeting more about some of our bonus content, which would be great. Oh, I'm so excited about the bonus episode this week. Uh, I'm really excited. Um, my name is Joanna Robinson. You can find me on Vanity Fair. It's award season time. So now is the time you should really be listening to Little Gold Men, where we talk this week, obviously, about the uh, Oscar nominations. And uh, yeah, it's just that season. So uh, tune in there. Or if you are enjoying the HBO series The Outsider, you can listen to the podcast still watching where we're talking about that. Or we only have three more episodes left of the boiler room, which is my, my so-called life podcast. And I'm Dave Gonzalez. You can follow me on Twitter at DA seven E. You can listen to my other podcast fighting in the war room where our co-host David Ehrlich is back after having a child. And the first episode we did, I gave like a lukewarm review to 1917 and David hated it. And people have been confusing our Twitter handles and getting mad at me for not liking 1917. It's great to be back fighting in the war room. And here talking about Lost, and as always, guys, as always, as for the past few years, and for the second time now in 2020, I have to remind you, do not fall down. <laughs> <laughs>